The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, the show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me tonight, we've got Forza Port. Good evening, Macca. Excited to be here. It's going to be a good weekend, buddy. Friday night oh, footy. First game of the round. Love it, Friday night. Very rare to get it for um, for us these days, so we have to make the most of it while we can. Yeah, let's see, we probably should be thanking Carlton, considering they've had about 15 Friday night games this year. Yeah, they, they usually... Um, they usually got a, a mortgage on the Friday night, so I guess we should thank them. And it'll be um, it'll be a cracking game. It'll be a, you know, it's it's oversold. Yeah, it's not even a sellout. It's probably oversold. Yep. As you were should saying, to the podcasts. So yeah, it's going to be um, going to be good. Should be awesome. Now Rick's not here this evening. Um, it's just us two. But uh, I was able to get some sound bites from Rick earlier about the game tomorrow night. Um, so I'll splice them, uh, or a couple of them in, um, as we go. Yep. Um, so we might as well just get straight into it and talk about the game. It's Port versus Carlton tomorrow night. Let's hope for another 50,000, uh, crowd there. We've got a 14-11 win-loss record, um, but we've only won two of the last nine. Um, and the last time we met was in round one, where we came from behind at three-quarter time and won by 33 points. Yeah, so it's the second time I've faced them this year. I think it's fair to say both teams are in a different spot, different space to where they were at the start of the year. I guess Carlton was expected to have a far better year than what they've had, and we were probably expected to slide a little bit. And it's, um, Yeah, you could probably say that we've swapped positions from our pre-season rankings, because a lot of people thought that Carlton would make top four, um, and a lot of people thought that we'd struggle to make the finals, and we've kind of swapped positions there. Yeah, yeah, we have. We've, um, we've managed to really have a, a strong start to the year and, and bank a lot of really handy wins and Carlton have done the opposite. They've had a lot of <laughs> they lost their first four, I think, so they um, Yeah, they certainly struggled in the first half of the year. That's it. They lost to Melbourne and they've lost six games by under two goals and there's another three games uh, where I think they were in front during the last quarter that they lost as well. So their uh their finishing skills aren't all that great, the Blues. No, they've definitely had a few um, close ones, but their form in the last month has really uh, improved. You know, they've got they've won two and lost two, but it's I guess it's more about the way they've gone about it. They've really um, they pushed along yep. last week and pushed Frio as well. Yeah, they, they pushed Frio, but you know, let's be honest. In that Geelong game, they probably should have gone away with the win there. I think Geelong were yep. quite lucky to get that free kick at the end. Absolutely. Look, let's uh, have a quick discussion about the teams. Um, into the side comes uh, Jackson Trengove um, and also Gus Monfries, both back from injury. Um, they were both late uh, exclusions last week before the uh, the game against Gold Coast. Um, and out of the side comes uh, Tommy Logan and Aaron Young. Um, pretty good changes, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly, fairly obvious in, in reality. Young and Logan were the emergencies and they now make way for the people, for the players they replaced in, uh, in Trengove and Monfries. I, um, I did notice a bit on the forums that there was a little bit of discontent about Monfries coming straight back in. But I think, yeah. you know, player of Monfries uh, standing, he's, I think he still has a fair few credits 
in the bank. And our, our forward line is does operate better when he's in there and playing well. The only problems being the playing well part, and he's been yep. a bit down. But I, I guess with your experienced players, you do need to give them that opportunity to rediscover their their form. Yeah, especially someone like Monfries, who we know can play some outstanding football. He did it all last year. He did it at the start of this year as well. Um, he hasn't really recovered from his numerous injuries as the year has gone on. He's sort of slowly gone down a bit in form, but you know he just always looks that one good game away from uh, hitting that form again. Um, and I'd still like to see him as sub. I've said it the last two weeks, but I reckon he'd be a perfect sub. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When you said that in the last couple of podcasts, I I, I did think, wow, that's that's a very um, insightful uh, call there. Because he's probably, yeah, he, he's had an injury-interrupted year. He, he's missed a lot of um, games with his hamstring, and he had the hip flexor last week. And I think, you know, he's probably capable of a really solid quarter, quarter and a half, uh, output over a full game it's a bit more you know it's that is he going to rediscover that that form and fitness that he started yeah. off with but yeah no certainly a good call well it'll be interesting to see if they do go with that or if they uh, if they choose someone else maybe Matt White or Andrew Moore again um, I don't know I, I think uh, the thing that worries me about Carlton more than anything else is their pace um, I think they're quite a quick side especially coming out of the out of uh, defence there with guys like Zach Tui, um, Sam Doherty, Kieran Shee, and they're all pretty quick players. And they like to uh, to sort of zoom out of defence, and it's something that we've really struggled against against Carlton over the last sort of three or four years. We have. We have, we have struggled um, against them with the pace, but I think, well, in round one, we, we showed that we can match them in that area now, so it's whether we can still match him in that area. It's going to be um, one of the big questions for tomorrow night. Yep. As far as the sub goes, yeah, my suspicion is that uh, it would probably be someone like uh, like a Moore. I think he's probably the most vulnerable player in terms of being sub. I'd hate to see Matt White be sub, seeing as he does offer us so much pace and we've really missed a lot of his run over the last few weeks when he's been uh, missing and last week we didn't see it because of the the weather, but he still had a pretty big impact, even though it was what, 85 mils of, of rain. Yeah. Well, is Cam O'Shea an option? Because they're not exactly a tall forward line. They've got Casbolt and Waite up there, but pretty much all the rest are smalls, and they don't really have any tolls um, elsewhere in the side that you think could sort of sneak forward and, and play as that third toll. Yeah, I guess I guess Cam O'Shea could, could be an option, but I don't really. His one of his main strengths is that he, he runs all day. Yeah. You know, he's he's not that impact um, type of player that you'd get with a like a Pittard or a Broadbent or a White. Moore's not exactly that sort of player either. But O'Shea is one that you know just runs all day. So you, I think with him, it's you either play him or you or you don't. Yep. Um, but no, he's he's on the bench, so he could be um he could be a call. We, we are quite. You know, quite good for defenders at the moment. Um, he's probably holding a spot because his form has been so strong. Even though we don't really need that defender, and he can probably push up further up the wing. Well, look, let's uh, let's have a listen to what uh, Rick had to say on his thoughts on how we're going to go on uh, on Friday night. Oh, look, I think they. I reckon they're going to be up for the challenge. Um, I don't think it's a game where 
um, I'm sort of, oh my God, I, I think we're going to lose. And I, I also don't think it's a game that um, we're necessarily just going to waltz away with a 10-goal victory. Uh, I mean, Carlton have showed recently, they pushed Geelong and they pushed Frio in Frio, um, that they're around the mark and their intensity has been up. It's just, I guess, as was pointed out in the, one of the threads earlier this week, that they just can't nail those close ones, which has been a little bit symptomatic of us lately too. But I mean, overall, I, uh, I'm expecting, I, I actually, I'm expecting a bit more, I think there might be a bit more of an open game. Some interesting thoughts there from Rick. Um, Forte, how do you think we're going to go? Is this a game that worries you at all? It is, it is. But every game worries me in a sense. But I, I guess now we're in the business end. This, these, there's no more, you can't drop any more games, really. We have to, we absolutely have to win this game if we want a chance at top four and a, a real good crack at the premiership. So uh, it does worry me, but I think we can certainly um, match Carlton. How about yourself, Macca? Yeah, it does worry me as well. As you said, um, you know, we, we really need to be in some fantastic form. You know, we're right on the verge of finals. Um, we can't afford to be losing games. Top four is still very much on the cards, despite Frio's, um, I guess you'd say, shock win um, last weekend. Um you know, all it takes is for them to, to have a little mishap this week. Um, as we know, Fife's out, uh, Barlow's out. So, you know, Brisbane are a big chance. We're a big chance against them next week as well. So top four is definitely on the cards. Um, so we really can't afford to drop this game. Um, I hope they're very focused um, on Friday night. I think we've got the players. I think we've got um, uh, the strengths to defeat them. Um, as I said earlier, I am a little worried about their pace. Um, as I said, they've got a lot of pace coming out of that back half. Um, they can tear us apart um, going sort of straight down the middle. Um, so that's probably the one thing that I'm, I'm most concerned about. But look, I think we've got the players, we've got the forward line, we've got the defence um, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we're fairly, fairly well balanced. And I also agree that they, they do have good pace and now that Chris Judd is back in the team and playing some good football, he just he lifts everyone around him. He makes all the all those other Carlton players better players, and it makes Carlton a more formidable team. Yeah. But I guess um, as far as our team's concerned, we still have our destiny in our hands to a to a certain extent. We can still get to the top four in our own right. I truly believe that. Like, unless Frio come out and absolutely smash Brisbane by. 100 plus points and and we struggle against Carlton we really have a, a solid crack at that top four spot yeah, absolutely I mean really this isn't a game we should be dropping we've got pretty much our first team out there and um, we don't have a lot of injuries to our uh, sort of our best 22 um, so they really should be winning this game you look through Carlton's list um, they've got quite a big injury list at the moment to a lot of their first 22 players um, guys like McLean, Ellard, Everett, Walker, Robinson, Henderson, and Thomas are out of the side, and Cruiser as well. And Garlett. Um, so, and Garlett. So that's a massive chunk of experience and talent um, that Carlton will be uh, missing tomorrow night. Yeah, and, and they've also, um, it looks like they're rolling the dice on Menzel as well. Yeah. yeah it'll be interesting to see um, if he does actually come in, um, or stay in, I guess, um, or if he does... Um, become a bit of a late out. Um, and if someone, I don't know, someone like Armfield drops back in into the side. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why we, um, we've we got Impey 
waiting on, in the emergency, I've noticed he was a um, he was taken out of the Magpies team as a standby player for the AFL team, and I'm sure that's you know just standard having a 23rd player yep. ready to go. But I, I get the feeling that if if Menzel does in fact play, we may see a late change. Yep. Who would you think would come out? Oh, oof. that's a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough one. Um, but I'll, you know, probably have to be someone like maybe Moore, or yeah. it could be a defender. We might see O'Shea drop out for Rimpy. Yep. Um, they'd be the only two candidates, I'd say. And I wouldn't want to see Moore drop out, seeing as he's finally starting to get some AFL time. And he's he's a, he's one of those players that I think will only get better if we just give him the opportunity to develop. Yeah. No, that's a good call. Uh, Jackson Trengove, do we expect to see him playing up forward this week? I think so. Um, I think Carlisle and Homsch can can really hold down the key position uh, posts in defence, and that should allow Trengove a lot more freedom to float around the forward and as well as the ruck. So they should allow uh, Lobby Lobe to have a uh, not not as a not not so much of a, a hard game as far as um, wearing him out to a stub. He can probably play better for longer with someone like Trengo around. That also gives us that third tall forward as well. Yep. He's up there. So definitely. Mm. Now, Mark Murphy, uh, Tommy Jonas did a fantastic job on him in round one, uh, really shut him out of the game. Do you expect Jonas might go to him again this week, or do you think one of the midfielders will get the job on him? Uh, I think it all depends on where um, where Mark Murphy plays, in all honesty. If if they try to push him further up the ground um, into their forward line, I'd, I'd uh, yeah, I'd say Jonas will probably mind him. Um, but I don't know. It's I guess, uh, well, he, he did do a really good job on him last time, so they might just put him back on there. I guess it really depends on, on where, where they end up they end up playing. How, how do you see it? Um, I'm probably expecting Jonas to go to him again. I, I wouldn't even mind seeing him go to him the whole game, um, even if he is running through the midfield. Um, I think it's a, it's a match-up which, um, which would really give us a bit of an advantage, especially if Jonas can do a, a fantastic job again. Um, we've got the backup players there to, uh, to move on to Murphy um, in case that doesn't work. In guys like Corns, you'd expect maybe Andrew Moore might go to him um, as well. Maybe Ollie Wines, you never know. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be starting Jonas there. Oh, yeah. Do you think um, Corns will have a tagging role? I think he'll probably run with Gibbs. I think oh, yeah. I think I think we'll let Judd um, run by himself. I think Corns will go to Gibbs. I think uh, Jonas will go to Murphy, and I would expect Polek to sort of look after Simpson a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. What about Yaron? Yaron. Well, it really depends where he plays. I mean, if he plays down back. Um, I mean, do we play a bit of a shutdown job on him? I mean, that's something that Monfries would probably be suited for to see if he can sort of force him back to the goal square a little bit um, if we do actually decide to play a bit more of a, a traditional structure this week. Um, or maybe Jakey Need could do a little bit of a job on him as well. But if he plays up forward, I would expect someone like Pittard to go to him. Yeah, I, I would have thought Pittard would mind him if he's up forward. But if he's um, down back, I, I, I don't know about Monfries. I've sort of starting to get those um, horror visions of the Malcheski, um just running off him at every opportunity <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I'm I wondering think... whether, whether a white would be um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably why we've got Whitey in the team for, really, isn't it? And that's why we picked him up, but he's sort of become a player in his own right as the year's gone on, uh, Matty White. Who do you see uh, playing on need? Uh, it's hard to say. I reckon maybe um, the uh, the new guy, Kieran Sheehan. Yeah, I was, I was looking at Carlton's um, lineup, and I can't really see a, a direct matchup for... Um, with Jakey Need, I think that's one area where we might be able to expose them a little bit. They don't really have uh, that that small defender that could take someone like Need. Yeah, At least not I mean, they've got Tui. He's very quick. He could go with Need, Sheehan as well. They might throw someone like Kane Lucas back there. Um, yeah. I think they've got the options. Um, it's just which, uh, which path they choose to take. But I reckon they might try Sheehan and try and rough him up a little bit. For sure. So, so do you think our midfield will be able to... Uh, keep theirs at bay, that's probably where they have a lot of their talent at the moment, is right through the middle. Yeah, they've got, even though they've got so many injuries, they've still got pretty much their first choice midfield out on the park, so that's definitely where, if they're going to get an advantage, that would be where it would be, I would think. Um, But look, I think our midfield's in pretty good form as well. Um, It'll be interesting to see who they play on Boak, um, whether Kurnow goes to him or Carazzo. Um, Same story with Ebert, and then you've still got Guys like Harlett, Wines, Polek, uh, Robbie Gray. I mean, you can't stop them all, can you? No, and you haven't even mentioned Wingard and all of that. Or Wingard so. either. Yeah, that's it. Yes, so there's certainly, um, you know, we should definitely give them a lot of headaches as yep. far as matchups go, for sure. Yeah, so how, how would you see um, Cameron, Cameron Wood lining up as, in the ruck? Well, I guess he's, uh, he's one of those super tall um Ruckman that Loby tends to struggle against. Um, though I think Loby should be able to physically um, push him off the ball a little bit. I think um, if we're going to win the game, Loby's going to have to have a big one um, and, and try and mirror what he did last week. Yeah, yeah. And Woods, Woods, think... Woods been in good form though. Like he's um, he's certainly held his own once he's come into the team. Yeah, he's been going all right. He um, he's holding down their first ruck squad, so he's definitely um, definitely been doing all right. But I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's still Cameron Wood. So. It's still Cameron Wood. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. I guess he's been around for a, a long, long time now. Is that his third club? And but yeah, he's certainly. Um, I feel a lot better with him as their ruckman than I would with uh, Cruiser or Warnock. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's um. Well, he's only really played the past month this year, hasn't he? And, yeah, he's only played the four games. Yeah, and, he's, and that's sort of coincided with Carlton's form. So you'd, you'd have to say that he's um, pretty important in their their midfield fortunes, at least. Yep. No, that's right. Who do you see going to wait? Uh, do you think it'll be Carlisle or maybe Honch? <clears throat> well, I would, I would, um, I would think it'd be Honch, to be honest. Um, unless White just sits at full forward and Carlisle will probably take him. But if, if White does start floating a little bit, I think Homp should be able to take him and Carlisle will just sit back on um, uh, Kasbolt. Yeah, yeah, that's Although the way I'd, I'd be looking as well. He's been fairly inept lately. He hasn't really done much um, over the course of the year. and But he does have that height advantage. So he's got that height and strength, and he's a good contested mark. Um, his kicking is a little bit of a mixed bag, but yeah, you'd expect Carlisle to go to him. I'd expect Homsch yeah. to uh, start on weight. He's got the pace. 
um, and that closing speed and, and uh, defensive ability to uh, to match Waite's uh, positive traits, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was so impressive uh, against Franklin a couple of weeks ago that you just have to give him first dibs. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go into our four questions. Um, I'll get Rick's response to time to stand up first. My time to stand up will be the Hoffinator and Schultze, our two key forward targets. Uh, I thought the Hoff was starting to come back to a bit of form last week and uh, he was really taking some grabs. I thought Jay is still lacking a bit of influence uh, in our game plan structure up forward. So I really want to see our two key forward targets really uh, take the game on. It's going to be 20 degrees this Friday, isn't it? It is. It's going to be a warm one. So it might be a little bit drier, less dew in the air. So I think that will be to our advantage as well. So, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I'd really like to see our, our two key forwards, who are fantastic forwards, get utilised effectively and uh, you know, have great delivery by our midfielders and, uh, you know, and just have a nice forward structure there. Thank you, Rick, for that one. Um, Forza, what about yourself, mate? Time to stand up. Um, I'm going to go with Monfries. He's... Um... He's been in, he's been injured. His form's been down. It's time for him to stand up and and show the world why he was selected and why he deserves to be in the best twenty-two. Yep, I like that. I've gone a similar path and said the small forwards um, and their defensive pressure. Um, I think Carlton's run from defense, as I've said before, is is something that's really torn us to pieces over the years. Um, and even in round one, I thought um, when they got out to their lead a couple of times, it was mainly because of that run from their defensive group. Um, so guys like Wingard, Monfries, Need, Gray, as well as Schultz as well, I think they're really going to need to be at their defensive best on the weekend um, to stop guys like Simpson and Yaron um, and others like Tui um, being able to run it clear out of their defensive 50. Yeah, and that used to be one of our real strengths as well was the our, our, for, our defensive pressure in the forward line. We seem to have let that slip. So it'd be good to recapture that. Yeah, it's certainly something that's um, that's slowly gotten worse as the years as the year has gone on. I think that might be because of um, maybe all the the injury issues that we have had, and you know we did get quite a jump on the rest of the competition in terms of fitness at the start of the year. All right, danger man, Rick. Uh, danger man will be Mark Murphy. Um, you know, as we just pointed out, you know, he's played well against us in the past and, you know, maybe Tom Jonas will run with him, like you said, when he goes forward, as he's, as he's done in the past as well. But, you know, I don't know if we want to see Mark Murphy kicking, uh, three or four goals and, uh, and having 25 plus disposals. Thank you, Rick. Uh, Forza? I'm going to go with Bryce Gibbs. He always seems to, uh, go up a gear when he's in front of, uh, the South Australian crowd and he tends to usually play pretty well against Port, and he's been in some pretty ripping form since he's signed on yep. with Carlton. So I think he's probably our, our danger man. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for me, it's Jared Waite. Um, he remains their dangerous player up forward. He's been in fantastic form, arguably career-best form even, um, in the last five or six weeks, and just looks so explosive. He's got great pace. He's got a great mark. He's kicked goals from anywhere. Um, I think he could cause Homsch um, and even Trengo some issues. He hasn't had a big one against Port for a few years, so he might be, uh, you know, really looking to uh, to make it count this Friday night. Oh, for sure, it could be due, eh? Hey? Could be due. That's it. Uh, the key to winning, Rick. 
Oh, key to winning is confidence, Macca. I, I think it's coming back, and uh, I want to see that overlap run, and I want to see that uh, I want to see the team defensive pressure. I think that's coming back as well. So I want to see that stepping up a notch again, especially from our forwards, our smaller forwards, uh, where I think that's probably been the noticeable uh, absentee in our team defensive play over the last two months. So hopefully we can apply that forward pressure which will cause the turnovers and allow our defenders the luxury to uh, reposition themselves to have that third or fourth man up at the contest and outnumber the forwards and and that will allow us to have the repeat entries and dominate the game like we did against Gold Coast. Thank you Rick. Uh, Forza? Uh, I think um, the usual win it in the midfield, um, have some efficiency in our forward line this is something that we really need to um, get on top of now. It's because we are in the business end of the season. We need to make our forward entries into 50 counts and make the most of those opportunities. Kick straight. Yep, I like that. Um, again, I've, I've gone a similar path. I've said uh, maintaining our structures um, and hitting targets inside 50. Um, I think it's a little bit linked to my time to stand up as well, but you know we just can't be missing targets inside 50 like we have been. Um, for the past five or six weeks. I really want to see us maintain those forward structures um, and give our midfielders something to kick to. As I said a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I really want to see players lead towards the bowl instead of us always trying to uh, to run with the bowl um, or run with the flight of the bowl. Um, I don't think clearing out the forward line um, and running onto the bowl is going to work against the quick defense that Colton has. And predictions. Rick? Uh, I'm going to go Port by 37 points, and I'm going to go Brisbane by two goals. Oh, nice. It's going to be a, the round for us, I imagine. <laughs> Let's hope so. Nice. And Forza? I'd like to see us uh, come away with a nice 70-point win. Just wow. to give us the percentage booster and put us in a real good position facing free of the week after, but I get the feeling that's probably going to be a bit closer than that, seeing as uh, we seem to come up against teams that like to ruin the party and make it difficult for us. So I'm going to be a bit more conservative and say um, a nice 20-point uh, victory. Nice. As you said earlier, they've been pretty competitive the last month or, or six weeks or so. Um, I just think, given the fact that we've got pretty much our first 22 out on the park, Given the fact they've got so many injuries to their best 22 um, in the grandstand, I think we should be too strong. We'll be able to match them in the midfield. We'll be far too strong up forward, and I think our defence is going to do a fantastic job on their forward line as well. Um, So I'm going to predict a 49-point victory. Wow. That's a good call. Some big ones there. Let's hope it uh, comes to fruition. That one? hope so. have a big final series in that case. And how good is it, how good will it be on a Friday night if we do end up dominating the game and and having a big win? Well, you know we're on the national stage, Friday night football. It, it's it's one of those games where we can really say to the rest of the competition, we're back in form. Here we are. We're giving it our best shot to um to claim the flag. Onto the SANFL. Uh, it's Port versus Glenelg this Saturday at Glenelg Oval. Glenelg's won eight of the last ten games at the Bay. 
Um, although the last time we met, um, of course, was that massive 152-point thrashing in round two at Alberton, uh, where Johnny Butcher kicked five goals and we just dominated from the first bounce. Um, so it's already been decided. Glenelg's won consecutive wooden spoons uh, this year. Um, it looks like we have a top spot sewn up. Um, we would need to have quite a large uh, loss this week, uh, you would think, to lose top spot. I can't see that happening at all, Maka. No, not against not, not against this Glenelg team, I would think. Well, it's, it's not even that. It's look at who we're playing in the in the league game. It's we just we, when you have what was it? What did Hinkley say? Forty-one out of forty-five players available. You're going to be playing some pretty solid players in the in the second tier competition if they don't make the AFL team. That's it. And we've got young Logan um, coming into the team. That's and it's already full of you know players who are already very strong at SANFL level. I I just can't see us you know, winning by anything less than ten goals to be honest. Yeah, I mean it's only really Nathan Cracker, um, <laughs> Gus Brugerman, and possibly Henry Slattery that are going to be in the team um, that aren't part of the AFL group. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's apart from that, and Cracker anyway is he's an AFL quality player if he yep. gets his um, fitness and form back to the AFL standard. So it's you know we're practically playing a second tier AFL team against a wooden spooner SANFL team. So there could be a fair bit of carnage this weekend. Yeah. Now they've said Campbell Heath is back, um, which is an, quite an incredible story, um, given that he did his knee all of about four months ago. He had the last surgery, and uh, and they've said he's back in the side this week, but I'm not actually seeing his name in the team. Yeah, I haven't seen him named here either, but if they're saying he's back, you'd have to assume he'd, he'd slot in for one of one of these players. Yeah, you'd think he'd come in for probably Slattery and, and play off the bench. Yeah. Such an incredible story. I mean, I love Campbell Heath. I reckon he's got a, a big future with Port Adelaide, um, and it's great to see him back. He's certainly a super talent, and watching him play at AFL last year, you know, very, very few uh, ball got past him. He, he was just a fantastic defender, and you know, the miracle of Lars allows him to come back and see if he can get his career back on track. That's it. Let's hope he, uh, let's hope he has a good one. Yeah, for sure. Look forward to seeing how he goes. That's it. Now, are you expecting another big win like we got in round two? This week? Oh yeah, yeah, um, definitely. It's this team, like these players, especially the likes of your Kane Mitchells, your Ben Newtons, who else is there? Um, your Tom Logans, your Sam Grays. These are the players that, and your Aaron Youngs. These are the players that have had AFL time, and they would be desperate to crack back into that AFL team. So I'd be, I'd be expecting a pretty strong showing. Yep. Especially yeah, look, I'd I'd be coming up. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be a 10-goal-plus victory again this week. Um, it would be good to get a big win just before finals, just before the week off, um, just to seal top spot there. Um, so they can have a little bit of a break, come out in the second semi-final and, and see how they can go. Yeah, and it's um, it'll be the first finals since uh, 2008, so it's a long time between drinks. But it's uh, it'd be good to see the Magpies... Back in the finals, yeah. So, so do you think uh, 
you think Johnny Butcher will return to his um, true position at in the forward line, or you reckon we'll see a bit more of him down back? It's hard to say. I mean, it's interesting that they've chosen to play him down back. Maybe it was... I think uh, Hawking said it was just because of his lack of match fitness, um, so he could have a little bit less running around to do, I think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which way they go. I like him up forward. I think he needs to play up forward. I think that's if he's going to have a future, that's where it's going to be. Um, and look, I, I think we really need both uh, or all of Butcher, Harvey and Shaw firing just before finals. Yeah, I think we certainly need them uh, firing at SANFL level to, to give us a good showing in the, um, in the SANFL finals. I guess one thing I noticed from Hocking's comments on Butcher was uh, when he did go into defence, he had a lot of marks. So I guess it was more of a confidence-building exercise just so he can compete for marks and start getting a bit of that confidence back. Yep. Um, Playing centre half forward is probably the one of the hardest positions, if not the hardest position, to play. And if, if your confidence is down, it can be um, quite challenging. And I think I, I do have to agree with um, Trengove when he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and that there's there's just so much potential there for Butcher. You know, we really want to want to do what we can to help him and and just see that potential come out because we'll we'll only win. Because yep. of it. Absolutely. It only make us better. Yep. Um, who of the young players um, has impressed you this year? I'd have to say Archie. Um, not just because he was on the podcast. He, he did speak yep. really well. But at the start of the year, I thought, you know, this 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 kid's probably one of the players that's in line for um, delisting. He's probably in the bottom five players at the moment. And the first half of his year was pretty pretty quiet. But then... You, you, you know, something something clicked, and he just started playing um, far more impact uh, football, and he's really uh, really lifted his game. So he's one that's that's definitely um, impressed me in the second half of the year, and I think he's probably um, I'm hoping he's probably uh, saved his bacon a bit and earned another another year on the list to see if he can uh, push for the, push for that AFL career. Yep. How about yourself, Macca? Yeah, I like that call. Archie's been great the second half of the year. For me, it's probably Carl Amon. I think, um, I'm not sure what I was expecting from him um, this year. I thought, you know, he's a young kid. He was a late draft pick. Coming over, you know, moving state, I thought, well, maybe he might struggle and, and be one of those players that gets sort of, you know, 10 touches a game playing off the bench. But, you know, he's really made a, a spot on a wing his own. Um, he kicks goals. He's super quick. And as we know, he's uh, he's such a accurate kick of the footy as well. I think he's got a great AFL uh, future in, in front of him. Yeah, he um, his form has certainly um, surprised as far as his draft position. He might be a, a gem in the rough for sure. Yeah. I mean, this late in the year, he's, a, he's an emergency for the AFL team just on the verge of finals. So he's definitely doing a lot of things right. Yeah, that's that's reward for his efforts. You know, that's, that's the coaches saying, you know, if you keep this up, you know, we're putting you in the top 25. That's, you know, that's that's not far from opportunity at AFL level, particularly yep. this late in the season. That's that's a massive accolade for um, for a first-year player. Yep. I think Darcy Byrne-Jones is another that uh, started pretty slowly. His first three or four games were a little bit, you know, neither here nor there. But, you know, he's really 
uh, grown as the year's gone on as well. And you can see him growing in confidence in uh, in his ability with his body um, and when to attack, when to run off and all that sort of stuff. And his skills are improving um, every game as well. Yeah, he's certainly um, found his feet at, at league level. And it's good to see that he's, um, I think he's managed to earn himself a couple of bests as well. And, and yeah, he's definitely had a, a solid year for a first-year player. How, how do you see um, Sam Russell now that he's back from injury? Uh, I think he's worth a second year just to see what he can do with a full pre-season and, and having a big crack at a year um, to see how he can go. Um, he's probably you know, similar to story to Amon. I'm not sure what I was really expecting from him um, at the start of the season, and he's probably not done all that much. Um I think it's, you know, this is probably where playing in the SNFL reserves would really help some guys. I don't think he's ready for playing um, senior football against, you know, big grown bodies just yet. I think he might have benefited from playing at that lower level um, for a few games. Yeah, I have to agree. It's, he's, he's virtually a bottom major, and when you have such a serious injury as what he's had to, to come back in and play at, SNFL league level straight away for someone of his, um, I guess, fitness and, and age, it's probably um, asking a lot. So yeah. yeah, but he seems to be um, slowly building, and yeah, I, I would hope that he would get a um, a second year. Just yeah, it would be pretty rough. It would be pretty rough to drop him. As you said, he's a bottom age. He only made the draft by a couple of days. Um, he's had a big injury. He's missed three months of footy. Uh, it would be pretty tough to cut him, I would think. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it depends on how the draft shapes up and what opportunities the club sees at the um, SANFL at the the rookie rookie draft level. But yeah, I, you know, he was drafted for a reason, and you know, clubs when they select players, they they do like to invest the time before they um, they make that final call on them. So yeah, I'd hope we'd see um, a second year out of him just to see what he's what he's about. For sure. So, do you think we'll um, we'll go down the Nathan Cracker path? Hard to say. I think um, I think it's growing more and more likely as the year goes on. Um, as I said a couple of weeks ago, at the start of the year, I thought, "Nah, there's no way we're going to go there again." But you know, he's played some really good footy at uh, at league level. Um, he's looked the part. I think if you were to give him a, a proper AFL preseason, he'd get his body right. Um, and he'd be ready to go. And I think he'd be able to play a part at AFL level. Yeah, I think there's certainly that plug-and-play element to him, which um, would definitely be of benefit. I've, I've noticed that Hawking's comments about him in the um, SNFL reports, uh, more about the four-quarter efforts across the entire game and, and whatnot. So you can see they're sort of priming him for AFL duties. Yep. It's just a matter of whether we're the ones that pick him up or whether another club's going to take a punt on him. And seeing as he's notoriously homesick and doesn't want to leave the state, that only really leaves um, Adelaide as the competition. And I'm not sure if they'd be willing to um, to go for him anyway. Yeah. I think it's going to be us or no one, um, to be honest. I can't yeah. see another club going there. Even the Crows, I can't really see them going there. No, and you'd think it'd probably be a rookie position, so that's where it comes yeah, up to absolutely. whether Sam Russell would keep his position and how many spots we'd have available, depending on what changes we make to our rookie list. Yeah. Well, you think Renouf would be gone. Um, 
what would you think we will do with uh, Mitchell and Gray? Well, I think I think Mitchell should still be around, um, despite the comments about his um, his AFL abilities. He still does offer quite a lot in terms of his pace and well, his pace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he is a solid, he's a solid depth player um, who, who'd bring in as a as a sub or even give the odd full game to so I, I probably wouldn't mind seeing him promoted to the, the senior list okay but then I, I also wouldn't mind giving him a third year on the rookie list I guess that's his call whether he's happy to accept the third year on the rookie list but I can't see any harm in giving him a, a senior list spot at least for um for one or two years Sam Gray is, I don't know, it's, he seems to be in a position that we don't really have much need for, um, seeing as we have uh, a wealth of talent in that uh, small forward area. So I probably want to leave him on the um, rookie list for a second year. Yeah, I think we'll probably lose Sam Gray and maybe keep Mitchell. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me if we lose Mitchell as well. You think we won't keep on? Uh, we won't hold on to Sam Gray. I don't think we will. No. He's um he's played what nine nine AFL games. I don't think it's nine. Is it nine? Huh? I would have thought uh, it was about five. No, he's definitely had quite a quite a lot of opportunity, and it's, that's one of the main reasons why there's been a bit of angst about him playing so much. Um, well, look, smack played... smack bang in the middle at seven. <laughs> it's seven. Seven. Okay. I, I, I thought he played a few games. Usually, when um, when rookies get seven AFL games, it means they they may get a um, second year at least, yeah. or even get promoted. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they um, they don't hold on to him. But I think another club will certainly give him a, give him um, an opportunity. I yeah. think he's he's proven that he's certainly um, too good for SANFL level. Yeah, probably needs to develop a bit more at AFL level. But you know, he held his own for a fair bit. At AFL level, it's only really when he was exposed um, in a few of those games, which is not really, I wouldn't say it's his fault, it's, it's his experience. Yep. But I could certainly see a, a team that's rebuilding give him a go. For sure. Yeah, it could, it could be onto something there with, with Gray um, being let go. Mm. All right, mate. Well, I reckon we might leave it there for now. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. No worries. Always happy to be on. Pleasure to have you on, buddy. And uh, let's hope it's a big game tomorrow night and uh, an even bigger one against Glenelg on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Go power. Go ports. Up go the umbrellas. Clifford's fifth kick. Oh, a towering torpedo, but that's a massive kick.